Welcome to a new episode of Healing Matters. In this episode, I have a discussion with powerhouse Jenna Michelle, who experienced a kundalini awakening as a fundamentalist Christian. Jenna Michelle was already trauma-informed when she was hospitalized against her will by a healthcare system that is not trauma-informed. She's now navigating a new reality, and she's here to share her challenges, her hopes and dreams, and especially her post-traumatic growth with us. Welcome to the podcast. You point out a problem, you become the problem. Yeah, that that is uh, been the road I've been walking. And as I like to say, I'm taking narcissism off the planet by being the number one narcissist. You all can sit down. Well, <laughs> and I think too that like once you get past, because I got stuck on the narcissism codependency language. Mm-hmm. And then once I got to the trauma leg of the journey, mm-hmm. I don't even talk about that anymore. I played the game of how, how did I contribute? Because that's what 12 step does is it makes you stop blaming everybody else. And I contributed by staying too long and by thinking that they were going to change. I mean, here's the thing. We were put on this earth. We chose this journey to walk in this shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I want to be able to do the range. I'm not trying to hang out in one. Yes. I want to see how can I recover? How can I go? How can I meet people in that? Like, and that's the thing with my story, taking me so to the heart of the whatever what I see is the belly of the beast like literal hell on that the frequency of a psych box on the planet is yes a degree of depth that like to go from like enlightenment to the pits of hell in a day like that range and being able to hold it well like as much as it messed me up I still like was solid in it in a weird way so you got out of it like yeah and you're and the thing is you're thriving you didn't just get out of it and dust yourself off like you're thriving yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. And that, and, and I, I see you thriving. Like, this is what your post-traumatic growth looks like. Mm, oh, body chills. Oh, this is going to be massive. Yeah. And I love post-traumatic growth, right? Because we forget that like, we're doing this difficult work, but there is a fucking payoff and it is rich. Mm-hmm. Oh, it is. I got so many body chills. Oh my goodness. I know okay. I'm goosebumps head to toe right now. And I really see that frequency. I mean, again, the mechanics and science that I mentioned so much because it does for me demystify reality and get us into the physical tangible. Like, yes, I did two years of trauma work. I had my nervous system reset. I cleared out all the trauma in my body. Obviously, Kundalini energy, which is a whole nother thing that can be really hard to talk about when navigating spaces. All that to say to be at that. Dr. Frequency, Hawkins write, writes about it all the time. Okay, okay. To be at that frequency and then to go into a box where I'm facing my death, like the calibration I had to that tone oh yeah frequency. i'm sure that was horrid like well, the contrast well, not actually take it back no i'm saying that yes it was and i was at peace so like i calibrated that frequency and grounded it here right at the lowest frequency so there's a degree of like i can hold that in a grounded way at a at a low like in a low density space if that makes sense that is the gift of trauma though i know for yeah. me like when i've been through some crazy shit people are like wow, as much as you're sometimes like angry and you fly off the handle, you were so fucking calm. They're shocked because I'm like, you know, I've got the notepad out and I'm like, okay, we need to call so-and-so. We need to do this. I need you to, you know, and I'm like, you know, like you're just immediately in your trauma response of zone of genius. (laughs) Yeah. Fight, flight or fix it. Right. Like you do, like you, you immediately go into that survival mode, but it's not the freeze mode. It's the, like all of my intelligence comes on and I trust myself to know exactly what to do. Well, and I see too, uh, I mean, that's May, 2020, when I got to the polyvagal theory, I was like, I live here and I do it really well. Like, that's not a problem for me. Like (laughs) I don't understand. So uh, yeah, there was something 
uh, in that that I that I saw, and I was like, I feel like it would be like heaven if I landed down here, like as a figure of speech. And then to be like, oh, there's a whole thing called consciousness. Like I was just fundamental Christian when I discovered it. So to go down that path and be like, oh, it wasn't a theory. It's like a real lived, real thing. It was very shocking. It is shocking. And I grew up very Christian, um, you know, like my mom was very Pentecostal. And so Mm -hmm. she would like the, you know, speaking in tongues stuff. And at a certain age, we were like, we don't really like this. It's kind of, you know, weird. And my dad was like, you don't have to do it anymore. Um, And then of course, like my very next step was like, I was super into aliens. Um, You know, all of the like- I don't get aliens. I have such a resistance towards aliens. Like at that time, there were some books that came out that were true stories. And they fucked me up, but they also like, it's funny because I stayed on that for a long time and then I got way out of it and then I got back into it. And I think once I hit hard, like the non-duality and the trauma path, Mm -hmm. I realized that all of those fascinations were just things that were keeping me away from dealing with myself. They were, you know, I mean, regardless of if I believe it's real or not, and regardless of if it is real or not. It doesn't really matter until it's affecting my life directly. Like that's part of my rule of not watching the news, right? Like Mm -hmm. tell me when there's a tornado coming. Otherwise I don't need to know about it. If it's happening in 0.001% of the world and it's the shittiest thing that happened today, I don't need to fucking know about it. And the essence of real life, whole life for me is that same thing. Like if it's not real, I really have no interest in exploring it and being in the spiritual spaces has been cool because I'm taking all of that spiritual and then how do I actually frame this into reality? And so for my spiritual awakening, cause I was already really quote unquote awake. I just didn't have the, I said, I don't know what I was missing. There was just something about, like I already knew about non-duality. I already knew about fifth dimension. Like I already was pretty high vibrational. And then to have whatever my Kundalini stuff happened, it was just like, oh, there's a whole nother realm. And at the end of the day, it's another realm every day. So that's that whole illusion thing too. Right. It's funny because like, I don't know if you've heard of um, HSP, highly sensitive people. Mm-hmm. So for eons, I was positive that I was HSP with complex PTSD. And then once I did the trauma research, I'm like, those are all just trauma. Like, they're all just big T's and little T's intermixed. And at a point, I wasn't really sure, like, where my personality began and my trauma responses. You know what I mean? Like, it's such a... Like when you research trauma and you realize that everything is either pride or shame and pride and shame are the trauma responses, then you realize that like, oh, this is just the other side of that thing. You know, whether you're like obsessed with being thin or you can't stop eating, like you're you're just on one side of that coin and you're and it's like, oh, fuck, we're the same. You know, <laughs> the yeah, the beauty of non-duality, like it's funny because like for me, I had this really funny experience when I was reading A Course in Miracles because of the weight loss. And after you lose that kind of weight, you're always like judging every moment like in your body and everything that you eat. And oh, I didn't work out today. And it's just constant, right? Like the self-talk is endless. Mm -hmm. And I realized, so I love biohacking, getting Mm -hmm. your, you know, your diet healthy and getting grounded. And, you know, like I have the infrared light sauna and the, you know, I have every fucking gadget known to biohacker mankind. Right. But what I realized also is that when you make the environment, your enemy, right. So that's what I realized when I was doing course in miracles. Like every time I was walking up to the fridge, I'm like, good or bad, good or bad, good or bad, you know, playing the non-duality game. And that's what made me have the realization about the original sin. 
The original mm-hmm. sin doesn't have anything to do with women. It doesn't have anything to do with temptation. It is literally, they ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Those are the words, knowledge of good and evil. That's the key phrase. Mm. We ate from the tree and then we became everything is good. Everything is bad. And I think with spirituality, even mm-hmm. we do that thing of where, you know, oh, anger is bad. Well, yes, it's at the bottom of the consciousness scale, but you need anger to get to the level that's right above it. Sometimes you have to break a few eggs to make an omelet. Sometimes you have to vomit to feel better. You know, like you don't just put a tissue over it and walk away. I feel this powerfully. I feel this so powerfully on like so many dimensional levels. I was having the rage day, the day that I had therapy because I have this neighbor that starts shit with me. And like, I'm so quiet that she thinks I'm never home. And she sometimes is deliberately loud and she knows when I'm asleep because it's dark outside, you know, like 10 o'clock, I'm going to be in bed. So I had to call the cops on her for like the third time. And the next day I had therapy and I was so glad because I was all ragey. I hadn't slept and I was like, and you know, of course my therapy, my therapist reminded me, you know, like, of course you're, and I knew this already, like, you're going to be in the rage phase of the grief and you know, it's going to, all the cycles are going to come and go and whatever. She's like, but here's what I want you to do. She was like, go buy some dollar store plates. She was like, and write whatever, draw whoever. She was like, and smash the fuck out of them. And so I was going to do that. And then I realized I live in a big enough city where there's a thing called a rage room and you can literally go, they have protective gear. You can bring your own breakables or you can use their breakables. There's baseball bats, TVs, micro, and you can just smash the shit out of whatever you, and I'm like, that (laughs) sounds so good right now. Like just, and she reminded me like, Anger is an appropriate response to, to abuse. That, that one. Yep. I actually have someone that uh, I'm connected to that would still have, I, they live in the non-duality world. There's also still very Christian, I guess. And this like the heart is deceptively wicked and like seeing my anger as a problem. And, and for me trying to, translate that has been hard because I'm trying to communicate something past that. And when someone comes at you with anger is bad, I can't get the words in to try to defend myself to show that I actually what I'm talking about. It's the same as the angel story. You just say the same thing back to them that they said to you. So what did they say to you again? Uh, It was the, which actually my friend did something, uh, sorry, my brain went in the direction. Uh, It was, oh, just the heart, the heart is deceptively wicked in my anger issue. So next time they say that to you, say, it sounds like your heart is deceptively wicked. You, you know, you think that my anger is wickedness and it's an appropriate response to what I've been through. Yes. Yes. And what I hear and you say that my friend did this, I said something to my friend this morning or they said something, no, they said something. And I came back with like kind of a similar take. It was kind of a joke though. And they're like, oh, way to play the reverse Uno. And I was like, always the reverse Uno is the best card. It's just like, when they pulled that shit with me about the angels, I'm just like, fine, blame it on the angels. I guess the angels wanted me to get mad and call you out for your yeah, shit. Yeah, I'm like, to have the freaking reverse, you know, Trump card is so good in this new non-duality to be like, to have that anchor. I feel like it's the only thing that like, works when you can't think of what to say. Yes, yes, yes. Because I get to such defensive, I get so defensive and I'm like, no, rever- you just played reverse, you know, this goes back to you. <laughs> Yes, it does turn into like I'm rubber, you're glue. It is a game though, because it's like when you're constantly being told that you're wrong, 
I know for me, getting trained by people who train doctors and, and hearing from them that I wasn't wrong was like the most healing part of the journey of like hearing the truth about my nervous system and realizing that my nervous system doesn't lie to me ever. The way you just said, hearing the truth of my nervous system, that was a degree of wisdom that I'm writing down. <laughs> I just, my nervous system knew that something was not right. Mm-hmm. And when they, when the trauma Institute explained it to me, I was like, I just felt my whole body relax. I'm like, Oh my God, not only is this real, I am not broken. Like there is nothing wrong with me. These people are fucked up. The way it's come through right now is, or how it's been coming through is, uh, I, I'm not broken and I've been broken. I think I'm not broken. And I thought I was broken. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's a degree of my nervous system has been broken in the sense of it's not operating correctly. So there's work that I need to do to restore it. And at the root of it, it's operating correctly because I'm not broken. It's it's responding correctly. Yes. And there is a, a breaking that I had as my human form. We all have it being born into this world. Like we all have some traumatic event that predicated our whole reality. And yeah. so how do we see that? Yes, something broke and we can repair and that's been something that's really, really, really helped me see the duality of that. And I think that there is this, like the non-duality of it is state change is discomfort. Mm -hmm. Like I love the butterfly story, you know, where they talk about the butterfly struggling to get out. And if you go and, you know, trim the cocoon, it doesn't, it doesn't gain the strength that it would have needed to fly and it will fall to its death. You have to let it struggle. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's what's in my world, people having a really hard time with letting me struggle because I chose to do it publicly. I'm like, I also I'm like, I know I'm a 6-2 sacral generator. Like I know I'm meant to be seen. And I also want this to be documented because I know I'm literally can go back and watch this journey. Because um, in many ways, I went through the, the healing journey 2020-22. And then I'm left with like, that would have been cool to document <laughs> and then like to have a traumatic event and be like, no, we're going to document this whole process because it might make problems for people on the planet. And I'm also like, this is what's keeping us from not healing is this illusion that we need to have it all together. And so I'm willing yes. to publicly just destroy my life. So you all can see that this is like what we all need to do to heal. I love that you said that because I feel like the toxic positivity that can exist in the spirituality world can be really thick. And I did so much gaslighting of myself. I chose this. These are my teachers. Okay, fine. How long do you need to have this lesson? You know, you don't need to let people abuse you because you think it's some big fucking spiritual experience mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. just because you want to put lipstick on it and call it something else. Mm -hmm. It's still abuse. Mm-hmm. I had received recently to this concept of like um, emotional abuse is actually at the root still physical abuse because I have a physical response in my body. Like I the brain doesn't know the difference. Yeah. Yeah. That's a neurological fact. The brain does not know the difference between physical pain and emotional pain. And I will tell you that even today, if something really hard happens, my body will start hurting. And if I take Tylenol for the physical pain, 
the emotional pain dials down and mm. Tylenol is not supposed to help with that. Like, but it, your brain doesn't know the difference. And my depression used to show up as physical pain, mm. not as like Eeyore. Mm-hmm. Like I might complain about silly things like, oh, it's too hot out or, you know, stupid shit like that. Right. That's my kind of like, that's my depression markers if, if I'm complaining, but physical pain, it was, it was showing up in my neck and my back and my shoulders. I feel that pretty powerfully too. Cause I would identify as depressed, except like my entire back always hurts. Like there's no, that doesn't like, yep, stop. that was for me for probably 10 or 15 years. Mm. Um, look up a book called the divided mind by John Sarno. And it's so funny because when I read about this book, people said, um, if my back starts hurting, I can get on Amazon and go read the reviews and my back will stop hurting again. And I'm like, that's so fucking weird. And so as I'm reading John Sarno's book, I think I read maybe a third of it. I didn't even read the whole thing. And my pain went away and I stopped going to chiropractor. This was like five years ago. I I've been in four car accidents. I used to go to the chiropractor either every week or every month. And I would end up locked up, frozen shoulder, feeling all the, I mean, you know, I would look crippled half the time. It hasn't happened since I read that book. Okay. That's super exciting. Any essence you recall that just as a tidbit or anything? Yeah. Um, So a couple of things, first of all, you'll notice that you're flinching away from the pain Mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. And if you can start to notice that it'll chill out a little bit. Um, you'll also notice that every time there's like a crack or a crunch or a scent, you're like, ah, oh, shit, was it, you know, good or bad, you know, like you go into the duality mode immediately, mm-hmm. like the cracks and crunch, it's just normal shit that your body does. Um, and also believing in the pain. So like there's that, there's that whole awkward study about EMF and the, the company I used to work for that was some of the stuff that we did. Um, there's that whole study about EMF sensitivity where like the people who know the studies have more responses than the people who don't know that anything can happen. Like, it's just, it's a little bit of that of like, I've heard the placebo effect is getting stronger. Yes. And if you're constantly saying, oh, I have tendonitis that feels like my torn rotator cuff. Oh my, I've got, you know, sciatica, you know, like, you know, those people who are constantly like claiming it as mine, right? Like, my sciatica and my, I just my got a connection. diabetes and my, you know, how we have, you know, how you play a song and it brings up all those memories. Yes. It's almost the same thing. You're playing a, a, a song of pain. Absolutely. And the same attaching thing. it to that exact same memory and yes. elicit all of that emotional response. That's cool. Thank yes. you for sharing that. Cause I just got that connection. I'm like, that's a TikTok. I can say that. <laughs> It's so fun. That book will blow your mind. And you, you know, like I say, it's not like you have to finish it, read it till whenever your back stops hurting. <laughs> I love but that. It will, it will happen. And then you'll have all these cool stories to tell. Um, because it really, like, I did not even believe that it was going to work that well. But I do, but I did obviously, because I bought it and I read it. Cause I mean, I love that kind of stuff. I love quantum physics. I love all the science behind it. But then when you see it work in your own physical body, you're like, oh shit. I had this one friend who said, she sent me this article and she was like, oh, this is, you know, how you get your, you know, extra arsenic out of your rice. And I'm like, and I used to, like I said, I used to be big into biohacking. Like I've done the thing where I ate only organic food for like a certain amount of time. And now I don't, I do both. Like, I just don't Mm -hmm. care that much. But I was like, oh, I was like, you know, I did a course of miracles a couple of years ago. I was like, I forgot to worry about that. (laughs) I forgot to worry about it. 
yeah, I'm really, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pin that line because there's a degree of the world I'm in. I had someone come over. It's just through a religious context, and they're concerned for me, worried for me, and are you gonna go back and get a real job? And you know, just all concerned. I'm like, you literally believe Jesus, and you're gonna sit here and want to tell me to worry about like I'm like, what like worry about just, anything. I'm just like, I'm literally being the embodiment of what you believe and, and we're concerned for you're me. You tell me that the Lord yeah. provides and then you're going to come over here and tell me that the Lord is not going to provide. Thank you. That's where I'm at. I'm like, I'm doing the whole like trust thing that like we're told to do this whole time and now I'm doing it and it's not okay for you. That's one of my favorite prayers in A Course in Miracles. Trust would solve all problems now. I have. So the book that I'm working on launching first is, or I haven't written, I just have to do that execution um is trust love 21 poems that i've come up like, oh, nice. and union and uh that whole like i just really do see trust in just the timeline's already happening i get to experience it i get to express in it uh the, what was the three e's it was um experience express and enjoy like those like that's all my human's supposed to do <laughs> i love that i love that because i feel like <laughs> especially Christianity, but all the flavors of religion. And mm -hmm. a lot of the flavors of spirituality too. Like they walk that same damn line where they're like, oh, you're supposed to enjoy everything except for this. So everything except for like the most enjoyable thing, right? Like it's just, it's ridiculous that we're told that any part of our enjoyment is sin, whether it's sex or food or money or success or helping people get well. You know, it's, I mean- People are, you know, it's ego, it's this, it's that. I have this one friend who's deep. He gets a little bit too deep into the spirituality stuff. And normally it's me supporting him in the emotional support. And when I lost my job, he was like, do you need to talk? And I was like, actually, I've only talked to maybe one person. I decided to call him. He literally starts screaming at me. Um, what phrase did he use that made me crack up? Mm -hmm. Oh, um, tell me some of the funny money phrases. I can't think right now. It was like, it was like, oh, what did he say? That money was my holy grail or it was something along those, those lines. Oh, I, I worship the ever, the, the almighty dollar. Mm -hmm. I worship the almighty dollar. Like those words. I was like, bro, you were so fucking programmed right now. Like, and literally when I called him, he was like, I said, what are you doing? He said, oh, we're just camping. I realized that he's like fucking homeless and setting up a tent. I'm like, bitch, you're not camping. And you're mad at me for taking the fucking money from my, like, shut the fuck up, dude. There like, is a degree of, uh, you can spin it anyway. I think that's what I find so much in the non-duality is that yes. like even the having this massive observer effect with where I'm at, what I'm walking through. I'm like, you literally could take every word I say and pin it into a duality like it totally is and yes. the thing is i love it all i love my hot mess i love my this side like it's neutral all of it's neutral to me and so when people come in and they're like let's spin it this way i'm like you could totally spin it that way i'm not going to and actually elise myers gave me this line i met her the week before this happened and she said you're not responsible for what people make with your content and that's been what's been so liberating for me because i'm showing up loudly proudly and at times it can literally be people I know and love like berating me for so long. No, I understand. I'm, like, so I'm jealous that I didn't have that advice when I was getting the death threats. Right? Because my my shit went viral overnight and I think 
I mean, I have a little count, right? Like I had barely hit my thousand and I had like paid to get there. Right. Like, so I could go live and promote my book. And I think my, one of my videos got up to 80,000, like overnight. And then when I saw the death threats and all that, like I just deleted the video, put all my shit on private. And I walked away from TikTok for like months. And I wish I would have had that advice because you're right. Like literally what I was saying is how the fuck can you people call yourself Christian and have no compassion for the shooter? I just watched her grieve for a year. I just watched everybody berate her for being different. I just watched everybody in her church reject her for the the human that she was. And now you're telling me this is her fault. Really? Mm -hmm. Because it's your fault. Mm -hmm. And that's, I mean, quite honestly, that's my, the gift that I really see here. And just the the mirror I want to be is, and why I did what I did publicly is like, look how you treated me. And I know I'm good. Yes. And how, how are you going to handle know you're good? They know you're good. That's why yep. they're so bothered by it. Yep. And that's, what's challenging too, is say I wasn't say I actually had gone in because I was, you know, not well or whatever we define that is like, everyone's having a, a natural yep. reaction. And there's people out there that are in a space that has a program that's running. I don't want to be here, which makes sense. What does it look like for someone who's in that world and then you jump on them and then drown them and then blame that person for drowning? It's really is not any different than us burning witches at the stake. That. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I know I've said this quote to you before, but I'm going to continue saying it until it goes viral. First, we were witches. Then we were hysterical. Then we were overdiagnosed with mental health issues for a hundred fucking years. And finally, in the 80s and 90s, which was just 30 years ago, it was mandated that women be included in medical studies. How fucked is that? Like that this is new? Like we have four phases of our menstrual cycle, not two, four. Nobody told us we have four personalities. Congratulations. And controlled by the moon. Thank you. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, you know what? One of the books I really want to write is menstruating with the moon. Um, because I love how people think that women's, you know, everybody likes, oh, women, everybody period sync up together. No, they don't. Everybody's periods are synced up to the moon unless you have some weirdo that's on the pill and then someone's period will adjust to that cycle if they're really close. But like, really, it is it is the moon thing. Yeah. Well, and there's also just the degree of how tapped in are you to the divine frequency of the planet that's connected to the moon or we can literally live a life that's completely divorced from it, which is possible. And how do you, you you get to pick how I mean, I don't know. Not that I want to go down this path or not. There's just a degree of I've watched divine orchestration happen to where I'm just here for the show. And so, so much of it's like, they wanted to experience it that way. Enjoy your life. You get to do no, that. I, and I life. love the Enjoy freedom life. of allowing people to experience because the thing about perspective is the higher you climb the tree, you know this, right? Like you see the ones below you that you used to do. And you're like, ah, oh, I used to be that. I used to be that. And then you can see them, but they can't see you. Mm-hmm. And it becomes really uncomfortable mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. them usually. Well, and, and for what's us, fascinating you say that. Episode. So in this process, I had, had again done so much trauma therapy and like knew my human design. Where I'm at is I'm just talking from my experience. And so and I have no judgment about how anyone's responding. And like it makes sense. The thing is, if you respond in this way. I'm left with that experience. So now I need to show my experience and I don't desire to call you out unless you're in a life 
of like what shows up for me is like people who were directly involved and or the world of like um people who who have literally posted publicly like you put your name on this like you stood behind this i'm not out to call people out that are like i'm desiring to keep people off internet it's like if you go onto my facebook feed and share what you share like they called themselves out yeah oh and i got that that because that's the one that someone commented i wasn't autistic and then the daughter attacked me on like personally and i'm just like how dare you bring my family into this and i'm like (laughs) how dare you inject yourself into this yeah like i don't know what to tell (laughs) you and here you go you can see how much i will never change the world just watch me never change the world unless like I mean, religion has kept so many people from experiencing God. Mm-hmm. Literally. <laughs> and at a very young age, I felt like I feel God all the time. Why do we have to go there to mm-hmm. church every week? Like, I don't understand. They can't answer my questions. I don't understand why we have to keep going. Like, how does God only live there where, you know, where nobody fucking understands me? Like, that doesn't make any sense. I'm, I'm like that feels amazing to have that discovery epiphany at a young age I was so terrified of going to hell I'm so glad that I never was but honestly like how traumatizing is that for those people that like you know cry themselves to like there are literally people who are fucking traumatized it's my it's my first trauma is I was told if with I was like could take communion like I remember the dots on the chair like I just remember the whole experience the wooden thing like grilled into my brain all that to say it was like if you don't believe and you take this you're gonna go to hell and I was like how do I believe I don't know how to believe like am I believing am I not maybe I'm maybe I'm not like this literal brain like it's like the way they teach it is not something you can physically do and then they're like you need to physically do this or you go to hell and it's like I, I never, I definitely never got that message when I was baptized. And I don't know, maybe my mom was good at choosing okay enough churches. You know, so like I said, they didn't all speak in tongues. I remember some of them being like very Baptist, kind of straightforward, you know, like pretty, you know, not too much of the hellfire, you know, brimstone situation. I yeah. still remember the first time I heard Dr. Hawkins joke about like, you know, sackcloth and ashes and you know, you don't need to wear a special hat to get into heaven. Like, I just fucking laughed. I was like, finally, somebody said it. Like, uh, the other day I made a TikTok about, you know, like that essentially, like, since men have created all the gods, all the gods are just personified men. I mean, there's nothing about anybody covering their beard. Like, why do you really think that like our ever all-knowing creator is worried about if my wrists are covered? That's what we're worried about. I will say in the world of uh, head coverings, my head with being so hypersensitive energy wise, I really do well with a head covering. It like does help protect my energy. So some of that I'm like, that might've been to help honor the energy because it would have been more connected. It to the definitely planet. could be for, for many other reasons that we don't understand. But the fact that it's again, blamed on sexuality and desire and, you know, it's just, I, I'm so sick of the women or witches and, you know, that whole, I'm just done with that narrative. I've been done with that probably since I was born. I just, I don't know. I never bought into the shit. I didn't buy into the fear at church. I guess I'm lucky for that, but mm-hmm. probably had enough other shit going on, you know, at home to be afraid of. It was like, God, honestly, I'll tell you the story. 
this is sad and I hate talking about it, but I have talked about it in another episode, but it's hard for me to talk about it without getting upset. Maybe I can do it now. We'll see if I have, we'll see how healed I am. So when I was 10, I got this epic ass beating. We all got regular spankings, right? But this was like the ass beating that ended all ass beatings. Like I lied to my dad and I said uh, that my room was clean and I was going to go play at my friend's house who lived across the street. And he's like, sure, go. So I went and as I left her house, I look up and my bedroom light is on. And I'm like, fuck. I knew. I knew. And I'm assuming I'm just going to get a regular spanking and, you know, probably be grounded for a week or whatever. So I go up there and my dad lost his shit like lost his shit and the week before in church we got that lecture where the lady says if anybody's ever doing anything to you you just say stop in the name of jesus and they will stop and so as my dad is you know first it starts out as a regular spanking like on my ass like with the belt and then it turns into him like I mean, like wailing. Right. And I'm like, you know, like when I had to do my trauma work, like I had to do that, like I don't have kids. Right. So I had to do that thing where like you go out in public and you look at a kid that's about 10 years old and you realize how small you were when an adult man was wailing at you with all of his fucking strength. Mm -hmm. My dad got so angry that he doesn't even remember this incident. And I was so bruised that the next day at school, I couldn't sit down and, um, the nurse obviously knew that I didn't fall on the ice. I tried to lie. And she's like, no. And child protective services came. Mm-hmm. Um, and literally in the middle of the ass beating, I did the pathetic fucking, you know, stop in the name of Jesus. And my siblings made fun of me for years. And of course, my dad did, definitely did not stop beating the fuck out of me. He continued until somebody came and stopped him. Like, it was bad. There's like that, that the shame that shows up after when you get so desperate that you do cry out and then you get humiliated for even believing. Like in my story too, I broke to the point where I screamed Jesus because I literally thought the second coming of like was happening. It's like, you can look at me as I'm crazy or that's literally how fucking crazy the situation would go that I actually got to the point where I thought that could be fucking real. Like that's where it's like the, the psychosis. That's why I'm writing my book called psychosis of Jesus, because you put people in this illusion that doesn't exist. And then when the most traumatic event of your life happens and you're trying to call on Jesus and it's like, it's, it's so demented. And then the, the regulation of parents on uh, bodies because of anger, like that's happened for so many years and their generation before, which would have made that normal. Like what are this like the boomer generation of what's normal and the way that their family oh yeah regulated. have you seen that guy um he's on tiktok and he's always famous for debating either is god real body count um and spanking like there are like five or six things but one of his things is about spanking it's probably one of the only points i actually agree with him on you know what i mean because some of his debates are just kind of fucking stupid but like honestly i didn't realize that like especially when I read the body keeps the score, right? Like you realize that like, even if your parent is giving you a disciplinary spanking and it's just a whap on the ass or a smack on the hand, whatever it is, scared the shit out of you. An adult just hit you. You're little. Yep. And name it. And then name it on, I mean, the Bible world is like spare the rod and yes. child. Yes. And how many, I mean, I watch a ton of religious documentaries. I know we've talked about that. There's this one where, like, in their religion, they literally teach the parents to use um, glue sticks. Beat the shit out of the kids with glue sticks because they won't leave marks. Like, that's insane. 
Yeah. And it's just that, that repression where you're so divorced from God that you can do that consciously, consciously. And call it part of your religion and And call call it part part of your religious training. Like this is getting me closer to God by beating your ass. Yeah. Yeah. The insanity is so real. And just, I think I appreciate you sharing that story and just the, the humiliation factor of calling out to Jesus. I've had another, I've had two and it's just, do you realize it was very I was fucking embarrassing like yeah yeah and then it's like and jesus isn't coming to save me like we all preach this jesus savior role and i'm like he already did this two thousand years ago i was done in church done. that was yeah. my like that was my line in the sand i was like okay thanks for confirming yep this is and the then what's thing. beautiful is you get done with church and then you discover god ah, it's a wild world like yeah being able to the freedom to break free and and that it's just usually it's a point of breaking so bad that that's finally like you give up and then you're like, Oh, there is something outside of this hellhole. Yeah. And I think it just goes to the fact that like the more hours a day we spend masking and being somebody that we're not, the more dysregulated we become. And it shows in these people being, you know what I mean? It's like, they're obviously masking. You're seeing the results of it in their behavior. They're unwilling to learn about mental health. Mm-hmm. And there's they and what I mean, what's theirs is we just haven't had any environments where you can even be yourself freely. And that's, I mean, much of what I'm working on creating too with a house is how do you even start creating environments for yourself to be free? Because it's just, it doesn't exist. The liability to create that in the physical is so huge and, and, and dangerous. Freedom is the most dangerous thing mm-hmm. because when people realize oh, I get to decide if I call bullshit on that or not. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously there's science, but what we're talking about right now is, you know, our nervous systems recognizing mm-hmm. what is true. Mm-hmm. And once you, once you discover truth, everything feels like shit. <laughs> it's like It does. It does. Because then you, it's like, you wish that everybody else could see what you saw and mm-hmm. you also sort of feel entitled to the heaven on earth thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I really like I have so much entitlement in my healing, which is part of why I get resentful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then it's part of the process cycle, too. You're like, oh, yeah. And non-duality. Rinse cycle. Repeat. Kick me back out again. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> because it is this uh, just the for me, the study of gene keys has been such a gift where it is this you get this range and you get to play with it. And the shadow is just as good as the gift and just as good as like, it's all the same. Like there's no way to divide consciousness and yes, there's an impact and that's, that's where you're at. That's what the energy is doing. And yeah, it's very fascinating. Yeah. It's interesting that you say that because as you said that it made me realize that like my intelligence would be in other areas if I had not been through what I've been through, right? Like, I mean, I'm glad that I'm great at my job and I can build any website and make any, you know, creative thing, but it feels like my pinky toenail. Do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like the shit that I just had to like scoop up in the last decade or however long it's been since I've been dealing with this shit, that feels like much heavier lifting than, you know, going to graphic design school and being a marketing director. Like, I don't think people understand the like, exploratory experience that many of us are having in the world of trauma that's a new paradigm and the first time of safety because you can do it on the internet and be detached from your human and like 
compartmentalize and just what's actually getting pioneered. No, I don't think people truly have a concept of just yet. And I think we're beginning to see the wave of it happening so fast that I get excited for people actually seeing what we're building. Well, and what I absolutely love is the fact that most of these doctors that are trauma-informed are women in their middle age. Like they're women who are in perimenopause. I mean, honestly, like the fact that like my, like, so perimenopause is kind of like a long PMS that lasts for like 15 years. (laughs) I've jokingly call it the decade of rage. Mine started at 37 though. And I'm 47 and I'm like, how fucking long is this shit going to last? And I, of course my mom doesn't know because she had surgery and my sister, like nobody fucking knows because they all had surgery or took whatever. And I'm the only one that's like all natural. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess this is the decade of rage then. That's another one of my books eventually. But it's just like, actually what I never think about is that, you know, you forget that there are girls out there who don't have a big sister or who don't have a best friend or who don't have a mom that they can talk to. They don't have people who can ask all of these questions. And when I learned that, um, so boys and girls, you know, were wired pretty much the same up until puberty. And then as soon as girls hit puberty, we get the higher negativity, higher, you know, fill in all the blanks of the mental health shit. Well, maybe if somebody was fucking paying attention, it would like tell us that this is normal and then show us how to manage it. We wouldn't have been, you know, witches for the last, how many, how many millennia? Yeah. And now that we can see it, it's that for me, it's this experience of like this weird, awkward phase of like, it was normal and now we can see it. And so how do we complete all the scripts in our brain that just want to keep creating it? Like to get to the other side, if that makes sense. It's so funny because the other day, um, I was having a really low hormone day and I felt like shit and I knew I felt like shit and I knew, you know, like my mom and period is going to start in however many days or whatever. And I was like, what would happen if I just allowed myself to have the low energy day? And I did. And it felt so good. Like I literally was just like, that's what I'm doing. I don't, I don't know why I'm even checking my email. I'm unemployed right now. Like nobody's going to know if I don't apply for a job today. You know what I mean? Like, Well, I call them nothing days and I like, that's what my body wants. And I'm going to listen to my body and I'm going to do nothing. And and for me, there's been a long season of nothing and now trying to add stuff back in because I've had been. So I just let myself go as low as possible and let myself to be depressed, let myself be there and, and really reflipping the momentum. So then compared to me charging, it's like, oh, I'm responding to, I'm, I'm, I know how to get to zero. And like, how do I then see what's pulling me forward compared to chasing anything? I think that like letting ourselves sit in it is so much more powerful than trying to chase our way out of it. Because I feel like it goes back to that toxic positivity thing again of like us believing that like all of our days need to be good and you better feel good all the time. Well, if we didn't, if we felt good all the time, we wouldn't know what feeling good felt like because there would be no contrast. Like but I see a pattern for me. It's been a three-day cycle, 72 hours of I'll have an activating day. It takes three days to integrate, activating day, three days to integrate. So that's my pace, my timeline, my frequency. I know others might be at a different pace and frequency. Um, and I just watch that cycle and I'm like, oh, we had a big activation day. I'm going to just ride this out. I'm going to ride this wave for three days and check back in in three and just really go completely out of my mind um, to not assess what's going on and and being able to just be like, nope, I, whatever activated here needs to integrate and just being able to let that happen. 
it is really nice to start living outside of time. I still remember the first time I learned about the 13, you know, the 13 cycle, you know, the moon cycle and all that. I was just, that makes so much more sense than the thing that we do. Like it just, and I hate having a clock. People are always like, why don't you, you don't keep a clock in your bedroom? You know, I'm like, fuck no. Like I wake up when my body wakes up, like it's usually when the sky gets light, but normally like two, a lot of times it's two or three in the morning and it's my most creative like that's when I write the most. That's, I mean, that quiet time in the morning. And I know a lot of people are night owls. Like most people are one or the other, you're the night owl or a morning person. And I, I cannot deal with, I've never been able to deal. I remember when I was a kid and I had to have a clock in my room, like I would have to cover it in order to be able to sleep. Yeah. I'm so glad you made that lie. You said that, that you do that too, because this is actually part of my documentary stuff. Just to have this on the internet. It's exciting. Um, I had been reprocessing my trauma and I woke up in the middle of the night with a discovery. I sent a message asking a question to someone and they're like, we're concerned you're awake at two o'clock in the morning. And these are the people that essentially took me in. And I'm like, oh, fuck no. Like, do not ever talk to me again. It like let, went to the space of me, like pretty much tell, giving them like cease and desist because I sent a text asking them a question about right. what happened to me at 2 a.m. And, and so suddenly you're manic. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The fucking concern, right? Like it does, do, it belongs in quotes. It's, it belongs in air quotes. It really does. It's very yeah, rare that anybody ever says that they're concerned and then they actually show any fucking concern that like, no, you're not concerned. You're fucking judging me right now. Yes, 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 yes. That is, I don't, uh, so I had that conversation with a friend too, that was like, people are concerned for you. And I'm like, I don't like, how do you like, actually I got this shift yesterday. Um, I was, let's see if I can find it really fast. I just did a whole like note on uh, concern and the st- distinction between concern and condescension. <laughs> uh, it was concerned regarding. Uh, so you're regarding yourself in my life. What makes you regard in my life where to go? Involving. So you being concerned involves you in my life. Is this something that you want to be in regards? Like, do you want to be in connection with this? Like, do you want to actually involve yourself in this or you just want to be concerned? And and are you looking for something to gossip about or do you have my well-being in mind? Exactly. Like, and what's there is the dimensional awareness to even actually know what well-being even is, which for me has been such a trip because I'm a literal catch 22 with having a body and a brain reaction. And there's not something inside of the Western system that can account for my reality. And so if someone's trapped in 3d duality, I'm not safe around them because they're left with, I don't know what to do when I, I mean, for me, where it's happened when it, when I came out was I could literally collapse and not be able to communicate. And so that was happening three times a day. So is this a mental reaction where they think I'm whatever? Dr. Hawkins writes about this actually. Really? It does. Okay. That's exciting. Go look done- him up on YouTube and just grab, like, play some clips that resonate. Like I said, I don't like to get too deep into the, like, measuring stuff because, it, like like I said, it, it became a little bit culty in my life. But I do love him and I do love his work and, and a lot of, like, you can feel the truth in a lot of what he says, too. That's one of those things that where, like, you'll hear him say something and you'll just be like, damn, that, yeah. And that's something I fe- find, too, with now where I'm at, like, I'm so animated and I understand that to be autistic and feeling the energy and just like, I can feel truth. Like when you hear it, like you, like yeah. I rock, like I get so excited and I can just feel the frequency and don't yet have that grounded regulation, I guess, or maybe I will, or maybe I don't, I don't exactly know. I like the feeling of it. And I like the, I like the feeling of the energy. And so we'll see what, what my body does. 
Well, and I know for me, like, it's funny because depending on who I'm talking to, right? Like my therapist would say, you really light up when you talk about that. And she would say something positive, Mm -hmm. whereas some of your, you know, concerned people, right? Like they're trying to shut, they're trying to shut it down instead of seeing that it's something that is for you. It's so exciting. And that's what's so challenging is that I'm so excited. And then people see, I'm just like, out of my mind. I don't know. Like, I'm just like, I don't know how, I don't know how they see me. I'm just left with like, I'm so excited to be here. I had a near death experience. I wasn't going to be here. I'm really excited. And when I'm excited, you think I'm manic. Have you read the subtle art of not giving a fuck? I have it. And I, all right. I don't, I have not. And, (laughs) uh, it feels aligned. Read it. It will make you laugh. And it really just kind of helps you prioritize your fucks. <laughs> it's, prioritize not, your fucks. I love that. it's not really about giving no fucks at all. It's about giving the right amount of fucks about the okay, right. Okay, you just created that as my to-do list today. The fucks I'm going to give is pay my car, go get new debit cards. Those are the fucks I'm going to give. Worry today. about what other people think. Like that's a no fuck. No, not on the not on the agenda. Sorry. <laughs> I'm only allowed to do these things today and you're not on it so I don't know what to tell you (laughs) read that book it's fucking hilarious I actually there are very few books that I read twice and I read it twice and then I bought the journal book but it was definitely partially inspired by the subtle art of not giving a fuck there's just so many like his storytelling is great but the stories will just make you belly laugh like I'm so excited it's a good one it's a good one and then yeah for me just uh having the awareness and having the deep 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 connections I have with so many coaches and mentors I will say my process how it's been so long I haven't known how to get out of the catch 22 and very 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 few on the spiritual side are open to my justice side and what I desire in that and so I have um next to none that can hold my desire to do both And what's there for me is when I came out to, I was like, not my problem. And there's just a degree of, I don't get seen and heard and restored if I just pretend this didn't happen. Like this was a crime against my human, like something bad happened to me. I get to stand up for myself and how many of the, of the Christian spiritual, all this stuff is just like, let it go. Don't do this. Like you can't do this. The degree of you can't do this. I've gotten, I'm just like, watch me. Like, it's not Fuck even yeah. a question. Like I'm doing it regardless. And if I don't do it, I'm only like, I'm not accomplishing this. You're same. abandoning yourself. Yeah. Then my whole thing's betrayal trauma. I actually discovered this last night. I was like, my whole issue is betrayal trauma. You want me to betray myself on top of everyone else? Like I can't betray myself. Like, sorry, I'm choosing me. And I chose me in that fucking box. And I can't unchoose me now. Like once you choose yourself to the point of death, you just go, you don't go backwards. Like you, you're like, no, I'm going to not pick myself now. It's fine. We'll just go somewhere else. I'm like, no, you, I'm good being solo with me for eternity. Like it's way better than doing the fake stuff. Self-abandonment has been huge for me the last couple of weeks of just realizing how much I abandoned myself in this last situation that I was in. And Hmm. probably in every time of my life, when I went through something that felt like shit, it was because I abandoned myself. And choosing self is also can feel like shit. (laughs) shit. It's scary. I mean, you know, that's the thing is that like, 
I, you know, this discovery of that, like the more hours a day we spend masking, the more we want to crawl out of our skin, right? Like those are the people who are the most anxious and the most angry. And, and even think about like the few hours that we have to do it, right? Of like, oh my God, can I like take this fucking outfit off now? Like, you know, take the makeup off, whatever it is, right? It's like, I'm a total sensory person. Like if I could wear my clothes inside out all the time, I would, I can't stand the feeling of seams on my skin. I'm like, whose idea was this? to put the scratchy shit next to my skin. Like who designed this? Like why isn't there like a highly sensitive person clothing line? Like, I think we could add that to the list. We're going to have to. It might be a low priority, but it's coming. (laughs) Yes. We definitely need a sensory. And then what's there too, is people will be like, oh, you're so sensitive. Like it's a bad thing or a weak thing. And I'm like, you don't know how fucking strong sensitive people are because we're so sensitive and we still function. So like if you knew how sensitive I was and I'm still doing your job and your reality and well, maybe not now, but how I was like to have that sensitivity and do the life, like the, the strength that we have is, is astronomical in comparison. There's this um, great therapist who I follow on Instagram and he just brought this up the other day, which I love because I hate it when people say that to me. And he said, the next time somebody says that to you, just say, yes, I am sensitive. It doesn't discount your behavior, you know, like, or whatever the thing is that they're trying to dismiss. Oh, I think I did see that. He had like four ways to respond. Yes. Don't tell me. Yeah. Like don't tell. Yeah. Cause you're on my Instagram that it was probably shared on those accounts. Don't tell me how I'm supposed to feel about this. Just confirm that I'm sensitive. And yes, I am sensitive, especially to people being assholes, you know, like. Thank you for noticing. I work really hard on that. (laughs) I work really hard on being sensitive and showing unconditional love. And I appreciate you noticing. Right. I can tell that you're not. That's what's also there. The mirror thing is like the fastest way to like whatever smart ass thing I need to say. I just say it back to them. Like, I think so. I think I found my comedy line. Then like, you're so sensitive. And I'm like, I can really tell that you're not. you're so insensitive yeah you're you're so not thank you for letting me know I'm glad I discovered that about you and we're gonna keep walking because it only only sensitive people exist in my life because if you're insensitive you're not safe you're really not safe if you're insensitive what are your thoughts about the HSP thing it's like I remember falling so deeply in love with Elaine Aaron's work about you know like 20% of humans and 20% of animals and and I'm like yes 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 you know yeah And then as soon as I read all the trauma shit, I was like, fuck, I don't think, like, I love you, Elaine, and I love you for making some sense of my nervous system for a couple of years, but this next overlying thing just seems like both 20% of humans and animals had a traumatic event during birth or while they were in the womb. I resonate with that a lot. I've never identified with HSP ever. Um, and I actually have a note that says this concept of empath Academy and, and doing that like highly sensitive empath as a way, I like to say, I pick labels so I can function within duality so people can find me. And personally, no, I don't identify as autistic. And that is how I need to identify to create what I need to be seen, heard and understood by a dualistic world. And so same with HSP, I will say what's there for me between trauma and HSP and depression, anxiety is knowing the, my nervous system is relaxing too as I speak, um, knowing about ADHD brain states, the different structures of dopamine and also autistic, the autistic brain and how interconnected it is with consciousness. There's a degree of 
for me out now being unmasked autistic, being so hypersensitive, connected to everything, our world is so disharmonious right. that you're literally impacted and where we're headed is creating harmony. So if you're able to see the thing of you, like you're literally a truth teller, literally your whole physical body is a truth teller to say the state of our reality. So is that a highly sensitive person or is that literally an evolved spiritual being that's helping us bring in the new world is my take. And so I prefer to take the alternative of I work around truth. If that's not for you, then I don't know what to tell you. I'm the safest person in the room. I have been taken against my will. So I get really intense and really tight and really like afraid because when I speak my truth fully, I get taken. So I get, you know, like these attacks. And so I've yet to relax my nervous system. This is how I'm acting right now. And I like, I can hyperverbal communicate everything and tell people like, I know I'm talking like this. I don't want to talk like this. And I can't talk another way. Like that whole thing because trauma is running my body right now. And I can see that. And I have the ability to articulate it at the same time. Um, Totally off subject, but are you taking um, magnesium and a good essential fatty acid? I do have a a mineral blend that I'll do. My challenge right now is uh, 0.0 consistency and no resources financially. So I don't really even go in that world at all right now. Gotcha. Here's why. Um, Okay. So what happens when you have a Kundalini experience is that your body is now running more energy. So you can think of it like a circuit, right? Like if you plug, if you plug something in and it's too strong for the circuit, the whole system blows. Okay. So magnesium and an essential fatty acid will help grow your nervous system. It'll expand it. Like, you know, it's like a highway. Yeah. It's like, it's as if your, you know, veins were running more blood and they needed to be bigger. Think of your nervous system the same way you're running a larger capacity. So staying hydrated magnesium and a fatty acid and take them together will help your nervous system to expand. Okay. Thank you for that. If you only have, if you can only afford two supplements, get a magnesium. That's a complex. I think even the one on TikTok is good, but there's one on Amazon. That's like a five or a six complex instead of the three. Um, And I take that one. I take three times the amount. Um, And then I, you can take sunflower lecithin, which is really cheap. It's like 10, maybe 10 bucks. Um, if you don't want to spend all the money on like fish oil or whatever, but um, sunflower lecithin is really good for your brain and your nervous system. So that's a okay. good, so it's like Thank something you. fatty and something magnesium. Okay. I'll do that. Thank you for articulating that. Hadn't heard that yet. And what's like the anger that comes up in me is uh, I discovered, uh, I, I didn't know what happened. I then discovered Kundalini syndrome and I was like, oh, this is what happened. Well, I started talking about it and now I'm demons. And so I now need to defend myself in order to get resources because I don't know how to find this. I want to talk about it publicly. When I talk about it publicly, I'm literally being told I'm demonic. And I finally talk, like I talk freely about it and I'm just getting all this scripture. And Doc has it in all of his books. He's got like a dozen. Like That's where it just pisses me off because I needed resources that I couldn't get because I didn't get to continue to talk about it because it was the brutal attack. And I'm like, I'm left with like, I don't have anyone in my life to help me and I don't know what else to do. And I'm trapped by myself and I need resources. I only know how to go on the internet. I go on the internet, people jump my shit. And I'm just left with like, I just keep going. And I know in due time, like how it's worked for me is I literally like find one person, they come in and give me exactly what I need. And then I go back and then find one more person. And that one person comes in and like helps me with my acute need. And that's just been my journey this entire time. That's probably part of your human design too. Yeah. 
Because yes, I know for me, like I'm a generator and one of the things that always comes up and I don't, I don't pay for readings, but I have one of my friends who's like really good at it. And um, I know he's brought up a few times. He's like, you're really good at resources. Like you can find any book, any information that you need, whatever the thing that you need, like you look for it and it's there. And it's true. Like I can learn anything. I can teach myself anything. Like What's it's your profile. Oh, I don't even know the numbers. I know I'm a generator. Um, I could probably, oh, I was like, I was going to say, I can look it up. I don't know right now. You're good. That's one of my main, 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 main offerings is this once you understand, well, and really just the, the experiment of once you know your strategy authority, just go with that. Everything else is a bonus. You don't need extra stuff and being able to say girl. Yeah. I'm hard. Like I got a hard yes or no safe girl. Yep. I don't remember what that's called, but yeah. And, uh, actually being able to learn that and be that and live it. And, uh, so I've been really embodied in that for a long time and just hyper fixated the last two years. And I, I have a lot of quote unquote doubt just from coming from the spiritual spaces and wanting credibility. And I have a very big, big passion of getting into mental health system and like making a difference. And so if I talk about human design, there's this aspect of like, I get discredited. So there's been this deconstructing it. That's really important to me. Because some people, at least it was for me. I feel like Dr. Hawkins is the bridge because he's like tons of people who do human design love Dr. Hawkins work. But Dr. Hawkins definitely talks about the Kundalini awakening, the dangers of like forcing it if you're not ready. Um, He talks about the like zoning out for hours at a time happened to him all the time. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I think for me, like sometimes when just I can have things normalized, I'm like, oh, okay, other people have talked about this. Other people have had this experience. Because, you know, you and I both know, and even my doctor has, you know, my, my therapist has, you know, reminded me. And when I did my trauma training at, at, um, Arizona Trauma Institute, the first thing that they said that made me relax was that the mental health system uses the correct responses of the nervous system to make you sick. It uses the symptoms as the thing to diagnose you. And it's like, chicken before the egg situation, you know, like it doesn't make any fucking sense Mm-mm. at all. And, and the fact that we have no trauma informed things in the system, nor anything nervous yeah. system, like you're going to go in and have a trauma experience. You may get resources that will help you navigate your life when you come back to it. And your life may just be normal in that realm. And there's no way you go in and get treated as a human because yeah, it's going to be a traumatizing the experience. They're they're taking what is part of the body and making it its own thing and treating it like it's its own thing when that's literally because of the church because the church got the brain or no was the church got the brain doctors got the body and now we're building mental health which is still divorced from the body. Yeah, that's a really good way to describe it. It's definitely very very broken. And I think once you learn about the trauma-informed world, it feels kind of shocking to, you know, watch the cops, you know, being so dysregulated when they're beating the fuck out of somebody until they're dead. Like, God, I was watching this awful documentary the other day, and literally when the person called the police about their neighbor, they said, he has dementia. I know he has dementia. And even the cops got the note that the guy had dementia and he still ends up dead nine minutes later. Yeah. It's so dangerous. What's fascinating too. So I'm former law enforcement spouse and um, because I'm so hypersensitive to energy and I can just see it. And I'm just like, if you move your hips like this, you'll shift your energy 
and you'll create a path for the energy to move. And you're not actually like attacking me with your energy, like just shift a little bit and I'll feel a lot more safe. Um, and so that's been for me, this, this beautiful catch 22, while yes, it's been intense. It's also trapped me in this space of massive discovery of like, what could change the system. I was at a court thing and I saw, I literally watched the cops escalate this person, like literal escalation in front of my eyes, all because of the way they engaged and then challenged this person's in a trauma response. And I'm just like, you are so not trauma informed. And if you actually knew energy and trauma and knew how to move it and manipulate it, you guys would be fucking masters. Like you could literally actually help people because it's not. And you can tell when you're dealing, dealing with a cop that's trained. Yeah. Because they downregulate immediately. Yeah. Even the way that they ask you a question is downregulated. They're calm. They're not coming at you. They're, you know, it's everything. Okay. How can I, you know what I mean? It's like, they're, they're in the service role. Which right there is like, just, I'm always epiphanizing ideas is like being trauma informed and being like, Hey dude, you're in red, like go do something like actually know when people are not regulated and being able to actually have the safety to want to not be in red and actually have the safety to say, I'm committed to this range and you can check me when I'm this range and I'll go deal with it because if I can't go deal with it I'm obviously not in a yellow range like if you can't listen then that's a key indicator that you're not in an appropriate range (laughs) (laughs) yeah and I think it's like once you learn about all of the symptoms of nervous system dysregulation you're just like oh shit like it's just so it's almost embarrassing you're almost like damn, that's the reason you're not supposed to send an email when you're mad. You know, like it just, it all makes a lot of sense, but it also kind of makes you feel a little bit dumb. Like a four-year-old should know this shit, but also like if police and doctors and, you know, mental health professionals don't fucking know it, like nobody, it's just, it's shocking. Like to me, I think learning about trauma was the biggest shock and the biggest confirmation that like, holy shit, there's nothing fucking wrong with me at all. In fact, you make hundred point hundred percent perfect sense. Did you know that you make perfect sense? You were operating hundred percent correctly based on the way that you experience life. Yeah, it's just like that. I don't know. I think to me, like just being told that it was normal. I just like the shame just like melted away. Of like, oh, really? Like. And this is nor- like, like normal. What the fuck? I had that, that was a bracelet that I wore when I got out was normal because I had done all the work and I knew the nervous system. So I let, when I got out, I'm like, no, I know I'm normal. I know if I just keep going when I'm doubting my whole reality, no, I know I'm normal. Just keep going. You'll find your people. You literally, it's like this, exa- this example came through the other day of like, because I was so built in a Christian community, then went through divorce. So like lost so many people too. Uh, it literally was like being Amish and trying to function in the world. Like, I don't know how to function here. I've only done the whole Christian thing and I'm trying to not be the Christian right. thing. And-, well, and you're grieving the loss of your social support system on top of, you know, on top of learning how to navigate a new world pretty much. Yeah. Yep. And then I'm like, I am so dysregulated. Anyone that's going to be around me, I'm just going to run my mouth for eternity because I have no force to stop this. And people are like, whoa, I don't know what to do here. And I'm like, I know too. I don't know what to do either. Like that's when people are like, I don't know what to do. I'm like, you act like I do. I'm in the same boat as you. I don't know what to do here. Well, and that's the thing is that like, of course, you know, as I'm going through it and acting out all of my trauma responses, I didn't realize that like the verbal vomiting was a trauma response until I like once I started getting in it. And especially once I started ketamine, 
I, like at this point now, I can actually hear myself think, do you want to say that? Or does that not need to be said? Yeah. Yeah. And I can it's, actually it's, choose now, which is great because yeah. before it wouldn't just bleh, like. That's where I was. Uh, the recording I did that's captured my story. Because there's a point for me that's like, I, in order to seek the justice I deserve and desire, I need myself to have that documented in a way that I can come back to because I don't want to yep. keep reliving it. So there's a part where there, I am held on to my story and I haven't known how to present it in a way that can be consumed. And so it's almost like I'm developing my trauma character through this past year and I captured it. And then I woke up the next day and I was like, I can choose if I post today or not. Like I'm, I'm trying to get out of this trauma trap. And until I have it documented in a safe way, I can't stop being re-traumatized. And, and when you post it, then you're inviting everybody's interaction. Uh-huh. Yep. And then that teaches me more yeah. to work through. And and it is a clearing because if it's not public, I don't test it either. So it's like, how clear can I make it? And everyone's burnt out and probably shadow banned and all that stuff. So it is what it is. And uh, all that to say, getting it clear and having it documented, I'm like, okay, I now can get tapped back into this reality if I need to, because it's literally clearing and I don't need to keep reliving it. And there's a degree of like afraid of losing the validity of what I went through because I heal and then right. not being able to like remember. So there was just something there that I'd been committed to also. And the, the need for having safe spaces to help you build a clear story so you can compartmentalize it and have it make sense. Right. And then, and then desensitize yourself to it to an extent too, to be able to see the purpose and really, I mean, see the purpose. That's what comes through for me always. It's, until you see the purpose, the pain is just devastating and for me, I got purpose the day it happened. So I knew I got out. I just needed to keep going and I'd find my people. Yeah. I love that you brought this up because both of my first two books are very like no storytelling, like maybe like a line or two that gives like an example of a light story, but doesn't go balls deep. Right. Um, and someone who knows me was like, oh, it'd be really cool if you wrote your memoir and wrote about all of the experience that led. And I'm like, okay. And so I went, go back and I start reading my original, you know, cause I've already written all that when I did my trauma work, like I was probably 33 when I read it though, I became so dysregulated that I was able to read maybe a quarter of it. And then I had to go sleep for three days. Like it literally like breaks my heart. Like, even when I have to do my trauma timeline, where it's just a fucking bullet point. Mm-hmm. I can't do it in one sitting. I can tell you that shit. And that's what gets me uh, worked up, might be the answer, um, with certain, like, retreats and things like that. Or when we have, when we don't, what I really see, trauma awareness, trauma therapy is, at the end of the day, nervous system. Like, it's one and the same for me. If we don't have nervous system awareness... You're going into a retreat, taxing the system. And I mean, it's kind of Tony Robbins style too. And then you're trying to re-regulate to an experience and then that's normal. Like and you're around nobody- these people that aren't trained. Like n- yeah. nobody's trained for what they're putting you through. And like yes. a trauma-informed therapist understands that the more relaxed you can be when you're talking about something, that's when you're going to get it out. It's not when you're bawling your eyes out and you can barely function when you're talking about the story. And then, so we have these trauma trauma experiences and then call them healing and then make that normal. And I'm like, no, that's not it. And so there's a whole undercurrent I see of those who have been doing trauma therapy, have been understanding the nervous system because there's a thing too, is 
once you learn the nervous system, it's embodied. So you can't walk away from it. Like you're like, it's now part of you and everyone around you benefits from your regulated nervous system of harmony. Like it's, yeah. it's like we are creating this. And so as a result, we're, I see getting results off of a regulated nervous system and everyone else just has to fall because they don't have the nervous system to function in a harmonious environment. Well, and don't you think that part of this is being the embodied example for the people that are ready to hear it. And for those people that are still in their dysregulation, they're going to experience the contrast, right? Of like watching us laugh and feel joyful and go through our day and then go take a fucking nap and not watch the clock. And they're going to feel so stressed out about their dinner that needs to be on the table in 15 minutes. Otherwise someone's going to be mad. Like the contrast is going to get them eventually. And it really, I see that too. And thank you for saying that the way you did, because it helped me see newly is they're so drowning in the trauma of their life, which yes. I have sensitivity for. They do not care about me. Like they can't care about me. The only thing they can care about is surviving their present moment. They don't have access to curiosity and all of the, the gifts that you have when you're in a regulated state. Well, and if they were regulated, they would have the balls to be concerned about themselves instead of being in your shit all the time. You know what I mean? It's like, look, if you were comfortable in your own life, you wouldn't be over here meddling in mine. Mm-hmm. You'd have plenty to deal with on your own. And you wouldn't you wouldn't be concerned. You'd be curious because you'd believe you'd be loving, supportive. You'd be like, oh, hey, what are you discovering? Like, what what do you yes. need? Like, there's just so many other ways to look about it. And there's just it, that does not exist inside of the church. You just can't do that. And then we got to figure out what we got to pray and fix you for. And then in the spiritual spaces, for me, where I don't want to like berate the spiritual spaces because we're trying our best. There is a, a vortex in that world that keeps you from actually it's like the bucket there, of crabs analogy. I'd rather have the spiritual vortex than the religious cult vortex. It's just. I don't know. I don't know if I would say that now that I'm. <laughs> I just came out of it, so maybe I'm a little bit traumatized. But I feel like both camps are the bucket of crabs. Well, the thing is, yes, the bucket of crabs and spirituals. Though you have a degree of openness that religion can't give you. Yes. But also a resistance to mental health stuff. Mm. When I was deep in the spiritual spirituality stuff, it was, I can forgive my way out of this. I can let go my way out of this. I can journal my way out of this. Mm-hmm. No, you fucking can't. Mm-hmm. And until I took the courses at Trauma Institute and learned the truth of my nervous system. Well, and that's too instantaneously. If you value meditation, then if someone's you at least have a little bit of mental health. Yeah. That's the brain states changing. And so um, there's just a lack of science and groundedness. And when you bring the grounded science, there is a degree of landing that spirituality here that gives people access. And at least they're rooted in curiosity and wonder, I believe. And yes, it's a whole vortex of like, how do we just stay here on the planet? Cause I get that you like out there, but we need to stay here <laughs> or like, guess you don't have to stay here if you don't want to just I'm going to be here. So you have to be here with me or you can go spiritual out in the world with your own world. I don't, I, I, yeah, like I love the spirituality thing. Obviously I've done it for many, many years and I can't just like, you know, give up all of my beliefs, but there is definitely an aspect of hamster wheel. And even what I kind of noticed when I'm doing my research about like, cause I'm going to be creating um, some apps with my therapist. And I think the first one we're going to do is, is that a trauma response? Mm. <laughs> which is like, the list is so long, which I love, but like, 
I think just giving people the context of understanding themselves in a different way, because like I said, I think that spirituality can get you to a certain place of, you know, like maybe projecting less, not blaming so much, forgiving yourself and others. I think those are really great concepts. But the minute I actually had a roadmap in my hands, Mm -hmm. I didn't have to forgive so much. I didn't have to let go so much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I could look at the roadmap and go, they were dysregulated. I understand why my dad beat my ass. Yep. Yep. I beat that. And that's what I see too. Cause I am one deconstructed, like sorry and forgiveness. Like everyone's doing what makes sense the best that they're able to. So sorry is actually a really disempowering word for me. You can use it if you need to be sorry. I see I made sense. So I don't know how to say sorry for something that I intentionally did because that's what my body needed. And I didn't know any better. So I'd rather say I did that. I don't want to do that again. How can I actually create this in a powerful way and actually commit to not doing this again? Because this isn't okay. And I can do something about it compared to sorry. Sorry, I did that. Let me feel, let me feel bad for what I chose to do consciously. Like, right. Like it just, it doesn't. And it just comes back to that. We are doing the best that we knew. We, we were doing what we thought was right at the time. Mm -hmm. We always do that. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I remember this one time I was telling somebody about this, you know, terrible decision that I thought I had made. And she was like, you didn't make a terrible decision. You thought you made what you thought was the most correct decision at the time. Yeah. And there's a degree of that's what we needed for survival and whatever codes we wrote. And now that we, yes, we can transcend those. It doesn't want, like, it doesn't work to then create more shame because you transcended it's not it like, wrongness right yeah we keep we'll keep creating that wheel if we keep using language that puts us in bad broken and wrong and for me literal autistic language I'm so articulate in words at times for my nervous system and the people who have been around me it was a degree of like your words literally are impacting me to such a degree because you say the wrong word, you create this belief in this path and that path can lead to your concern and me being taken against my will again. So it's like, I'm hyper reading every single word to figure out what their actual beliefs are and are they a safe person or now I'm demons and now I'm this and not being taken again. And yeah. um, there was a degree of paranoia. And then when it did get threatened a second time, that's where it just, I I didn't have a way to come back. I I didn't have protection. And there's now a whole class of people that are seeing me as mentally unwell and it was a degree of of fear that I still am trying to come back from and I feel like at a point we need to start being concerned about their solid belief in demons you know what I mean like at what point is that not a fucking mental health problem right like if they talk to a therapist and said you know demons are controlling my daughter and the therapist said well have you seen demons or that you know like what is your proof like I mean I would almost be more concerned about the demon belief. You know what? It's like. Yeah, no, I got, I had a friend. So I was working for someone. I was going to their church and I actually was enjoying it. It was community. They were helping me. And I just kept my mouth shut. I just paid attention. And it was people to be around once a week that really cared for me and that I felt honestly. And then someone had demonic activity after I attended and then said it was me. And then I was not allowed to go back. I'll just tell you what I did for my social activity this week. I went to a 12 step meeting as much as I, I like, I like 12 step. There's a thing I don't like about it, which is like that whole like belief that I'm always going to be unwell, which I feel like is the same Christian belief that we're all sinners. Like, I just think that that's bullshit. We're all creations of God. We're all extensions of God. We're as, as much of a sinner as a bunny rabbit in the garden who stole the carrots. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. 
Like, give me a fucking break. And that is the one, that's the only thing I don't like about 12 step. What I will say is like being in community with a bunch of people who are working on the same shit, especially codependency. Like I have found some good people there, but of course, like I did, it's so funny because I had a little bit of a shit show trying to make friends. And when I told my therapist about it, she was like, dude, you're not supposed to make friends in your, in your mental health group. And I was like, oh, <laughs> you're so <laughs> smart. Duh, like, but yeah, I feel like I'd make friends. I feel like I made one okay friend who, who I, you know, like we just have good belly laughs. And I have told her multiple times, like, I would really like to be your friend, but I want to make sure that our friendship isn't solely based on codependency stuff and trauma stuff. Like, let's have some belly laughs, listen to some music, like, do other things other than just talk about our traumatized childhoods and our abuse parents, you know? Like, that's where, uh, there was a reel that I saw too. It's like, are you neurodivergent? Can we bond over our? Oh yes, you said that to me. (laughs) So real, and there's a there's. I mean, that is the the culture I've created for myself. That is the work that I'm in, and so for me, I end up doing it because it's just fun for me, and I'm probably trauma bonded to all my friends. Uh, And there is a degree of not not everyone has picked my path, so I don't recommend it. (laughs) You'll end up whichever friends you're actually trauma bonded to, you'll end up outgrowing them. Which like I'm in this weird limbo right now, where like I've almost all like everybody has exited my life except for like two or three people and like my parents like it and it's fine and it's weird but um I will say that like having the 12 step as a backup because so I moved twice during COVID I've like triple isolated myself having like that as an option of like there are at least like one or two meetings that I could go to a week where like, even if it's just for an hour, like there's some storytelling and some social co-regulation and I can also be totally antisocial and like get up and bolt the minute the meeting is over and I don't have to give everybody a hug and shake hands and go to coffee. I can just do my introvert thing and leave. You know what I, I appreciate you mentioned that. I'll have to Google to see if anything's closed because that's been my trap. I would say is that I just don't know how to find community that is trauma, trauma informed, like at least somewhat aware and then um uh, that's not church like even though church is so a trauma informed there's a degree of like they'll at least quote unquote be open to your humanity they'll be trauma informed yes like honestly i was so scared to go the first time and also kind of felt shamey like i'm not an alcoholic i don't need to go to a 12 step meet you know like there's just a little bit of ego involved with like allowing yourself to walk through the door mm-hmm. and the moment i went to my first meeting i was like okay so you really kind of love that like I just felt so like seen and heard and understood. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel that deeply. And so, yeah, I want to Google that and then just finding other spaces and a lot for what I'm working on launching with the house is really not necessarily being the the space for it. It's how do you, how do you see what you personally need and how to be supported in it to create the resources that actually support you because there is this void you get in that you can't get out. Like there's just a void you get in and we need help out of the void. And, um, I knew I needed that. And I also didn't get it. And I also know that I was meant to not to be able to see so many of these gaps that we have in the system and and see what's missing and finding all of these multidimensional healers. Like you have to be able to be multiple. I mean, I had that the other day. I was like with my catch 22, you have to be outside of duality to exist with me. So I have a really beautiful life because it's pretty much only non-dualistic people and I'm good existing outside of the third dimension and being outside of space time. And 
and really see for me that intuitive nature of watching everything flow on a completely different frequency than the time that we've created in 3D. Yeah, it's a very weird... <laughs> Diving into non-duality is a very weird experience because you're still living in the dual. You know, like we still have to function yeah. in the duality and we still have to be part of it. Even though we have this overlying, like... I still remember one of the first times I had like a oneness moment, like... And this was even way before I was ever studying Dr. Hawkins or like, I didn't, it was just, it was just one of those moments. I was, I think I was driving in my car to pick up dinner or something. And all of a sudden I just saw everybody as like, we're all here playing this game together, you know, like going through this like clueless, like awakening process of not knowing what the fuck we're doing and pretending like we are like, it just was like, the the whole playing field felt so level for just a moment of like, we're all just faking our way through this shit, aren't we? I just got, I play a human online. That's what I do online. <laughs> I pretend to be human. It really is. It's a very weird experience. And especially, there's only one friend who I can talk to about this. Mm-hmm. you I mean you already know this like the amount of programming especially like when you're coming out of a religious situation like the amount of programming that you're undoing or you're going like you're seeing the program run and you're like oh wait you just told me something that's not true like you're like listening to your brain tell you shit that it got programmed with and you're watching the tape run and then you're allowing yourself to see it as not true yeah and there's and I will say this is something I don't want to forget and I know as I heal I will forget these realities is the trap that you're in with deconstruction is because you have programmed yourself to be bad, broken, and wrong. Any action you take that would be in choice of self is running the program. Like you're literally locked Selfish. Back. Yeah. It's yeah. this, like I'm seeing almost like a mouse trap. It's like you like choose self and it's a mouse trap that's like clapped in you. And you're like, oh, I didn't die. Okay. I still feel like I'm going to though. And it's like, gets reset. And you're just like destroying yourself over and over again, trying to choose self. Well, I think though that part of like the healthy way to choose the self is, you know, similar to what you and I are doing is where like, we're not doing this for purely selfish reasons. We're not held up in a cave, you know, praying to invisible God with the candle. We're sharing our experiences with other people so that they can pull themselves out of the trench, right? Like that's, that's the, you know, like there's unity and then there's community. And the reason that duality and individual you know like if you look at the word individual part of the word individual is dualism you know like dualism is part of that word yeah you're making yourself dual you're making the world other and this you know that you're seeing yourself as separate and so even going through that process of like how do I still express in the world in a way that I am part of the community Right. Because we still want unity. We still want community. We don't want the individuality to be duality. Right. Like we want our healing to help others. And and my commitment is healing, helping others. And this experience of getting leopardized and witch hunted and trying to articulate that on the internet, then being misunderstood. And then I'm just like, I want to, I, I need in my body, the experience of being around people because I don't have that right now. And I don't know where to go because I've lost everything and I don't have the resources or the mental construct to do the research on the internet of where to even go. So like what you're saying, oh, I get it. Gives me the gift of like, Oh, I could, I could, I could do that. I don't even know where to begin. And so to not know where to begin 
and all of that. So either way, seeing that is so powerful and knowing that I need something to respond to and knowing how to operate correctly. And then no one else knows how to operate correctly. And I'm just like waiting in this medium of space that I'm like, okay, I get out eventually. I know that with every depth of my soul. And I don't know how to yell from the pits to say, hey, I need other people here because I can't do this alone. And the second I yell it, then I get blocked. Like I literally had, I don't know if I shared this or whatnot. It was like, I posted how the Honoponopono prayer, I like deconstructed it. And I was like, this I is not going to gain me friends because I already don't have friends and everyone loves it. <laughs> and like, I'm not going to gain friends by posting this publicly. And then someone's like, why do you say you're not have friends? I'm like, I literally will go five days with not ever seeing a person or a whole week. Like, yeah, I, I get it. That long. I can like, go months. To- I totally get it. And that's where I'm like, I'm just saying what's real for me. And then she's like, blocked me and said, hopefully you learn your lesson. You're like, thanks for being such a good friend. Like, like, cheers. Thank you for proving my point. Like, I'll- No, I get it. I don't know if I shared with you or not. But so when the shooting happened, my best friend of 10 years, our relationship fell apart that week. Mm. That fucking week. I'm like, this is not the week that I need to lose you. But thanks for mm-hmm. letting me know. Yep. At least I didn't take you on with me and you were going to just go the, you know, like if you can't stay in the room now, you don't deserve to be in the room later is how I see it. Like, I'm like, if you're going to attack me when, you know, like you kick somebody when they're down, like you're going to find out the strength of the relationship very quickly. My, my, my left arm is very happy with that because that's where it's like, I've been so kicked while I'm down. I'm like, just kick me again. We'll find what we're having the problem on the planet. It's fine. Just kick me again. Like I just will find the human script that just hurts people. So go for it. Have your way. No, I mean, I've had a similar thing with my sister where it's just been like, dude, the only time you ever try to inject yourself back into my life is if you want something to gossip about something to insult me about, you know, whatever it is. But like, I know that the relationship is not safe. I love you. I hope everybody's doing well. And goodbye. That's where my desire to write the book, How to Love the Trauma Brain, is there is this degree because we're uninformed trauma wise, you're left having to exit the whole reality to heal. And then we need social co-regulation to heal. Exactly. And so there's no one that knows how to heal. No one is healing. And so you can't be, there's even where I'm at now is like, even if I were to find, I mean, what was really cool is my friend who did come over, that was the religious context. They really saw the catch 22 I'm in. They're like, oh, you can't do this or this. You can't do this or this. I'm like, exactly. I'm just stuck here waiting until someone like, until I don't know what needs to happen. Space time stars. I have no idea. It's been happening perfectly and I can see what I need and not knowing how to communicate it has been very, 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 very tricky because we just don't have a, we don't have a world built for what I need. And so to need things, to need things physically that I don't know how to get to. And even found what's wild too, is I even went into a, Cause I like could not use it. I couldn't even, um, I would normally edit. It would take me like 20 minutes. It would take me eight hours to try to edit because the way my brain was after the experience, I could not conceptualize anything. So I couldn't search for anything. I couldn't Google to find a counselor. Like I could not use the computer. Um, it was wild. I did work at a place that I worked at from 2008. And so I could get the memory of how to use work my job because I'd done it for so long. Anything that I'd learned in the last couple of years was completely gone. Wow. And so, um, with that, I walked into a counseling space that was on the spiritual side and they would like, they like rushed me out of the the building. They like, they could, they did not want me there. They wouldn't help me. And I was like, I'm taking your card. You like preach your pretty picture. 
and I actually needed spiritual help and they just would like, they just pushed me out of the space. And I was like, this is wild. That's insane. I feel like Coda might be really good for you. You might find some people that you just love and like feel really accepted. This is so funny. It makes me cry every time I, I still remember the first time I tried to say it at a Coda meeting, I totally cried during my little three minutes. Um, but there are certain rules at the Coda meeting. And one of them is you don't hand somebody a Kleenex if they're crying. And I, I remember the first time I heard that, I was like, that sounds so like mean, like that makes me so sad. And then when I realized the reason why is even more sad. The reason you don't hand somebody Kleenex is because they have room to cry. You're not asking them to wipe the tears off their face. Yep. I have body chills as you're speaking and tears is like, you hit such a great nervous system spot. And I'm like, well, and uh, Kyle C says it's peeing out of your face. Like you need to release the toxins of that energy and the way that it's no different than peeing and the way it reduces the hormone load in your bloodstream. Yeah. 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 So it's like, when you hit that cry spot, you're like, yes, you did it. I'm so proud of you. Like, I guess Oh, I so cry. Funny. Everything makes me cry. So it's not really, it's never an achievement for me. It's more of like, how do I not cry? But I still remember hearing that of like, I still like the first time I heard that the thing that went through my head was the thing that my dad always used to say to me when I was a kid, wipe those damn tears off your face. And how many kids are told that? Like, wipe those damn tears off your face. Or what's the other thing that we're programmed with since birth? You ought to be ashamed of yourself. (laughs) That's like the most disgusting programming ever. Like, none of us should be ashamed of ourselves. Like, have you ever seen a dog be embarrassed that its asshole is showing? No, the dog does not have any fucking shame. Yeah, he's going to lick it and like it. (laughs) (laughs) And then his buddy's going to go smell it. Like, What's there to say that is is that boomer generation where you go I'm very free so um all like wear headphones or wear like my mid drift showing at times and that older generation and just the the shame glare of like the way they look at you and I'm like yep you're welcome yeah definitely when I was in the south I was getting all my tattoos and like the number of times like I would be, you know, like saved in Walmart or, you know, at the gym or somebody wanted to come ask me if I'd ever heard about Jesus. I'm like, get the fuck out of my face. You're obviously going to hell now because I see your tattoos. Um, Enjoy hell. I will make sure to make your your life miserable while you're on your way to hell. (laughs) That's what I see Christians doing. (laughs) I don't know. It's just funny. I mean, honestly the reality like my personal reality is the fact that my mom was so distracted with becoming religious and her um what's it called getting saved or whatever she had her face buried in the bible while my brother was doing shit to us at home like she was at home with us and it still happened yeah and what's theirs is her whole you know ancestral trauma from the beginning of time and there's a whole like no one knows how it I don't believe anyone truly knows how things began. It's like, there's no, no one to say that we weren't monkeys that ate psilocybin and then grew into humans. Like no one knows. And this is this getting out of the survival pattern because what we've created and the proof of it now is so clear. Well, and it's just not sustainable. Like, I don't know how many more generations can be religiously and spiritually brainwashed. Like, it feels like at a point too many people have woken up and it just isn't sticking anymore. Oh, I think I think there's a mass exodus and it's only going to get louder. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like as soon as Netflix started adopting the, you know, like, I used to be Mormon and, you know, like, 
once Netflix got on board and like put the Catholics like under the microscope and they're like generational sexual abuse, like somebody had to say it that loud in order for people to go, you know, well, that's, I mean, quite honestly, that's me. That's, that's why I get so um, committed to this because I am well, I do know the nervous system. I know who I am. I know I can do this. This is why I want to be so loud because if we don't blow the whistle, like someone needs to blow the whistle. If someone else wants to take the whistle and blow it for me, great. But until then I'm going to do it. And if you're having a problem with that, like you're just in my way and sorry, like, I don't care about you. I care about the person who's dying today because they don't want to be here. I care about the person who's going into that box in a way that they have no regulation because they don't know there's another way. Like everyone makes sense and I can see it. So let me run my mouth. Like, I feel like this needs to be the second me too movement, but it's like the us too, you know, like, I mean, because it's not going to be one of us. And there is a reason why we keep being led to this work. I mean, even the fact that I lost my job, like in the timing that I lost my job and the fact that I knew I was masking when I wrote my last two books. And I know that I want to be loud, proud Maria, who has her voice. Like, this is not an accident. No. And I don't know if this, this, you're welcome to keep this in because I have nothing to hide. It's your choice. Um, There is a degree of this, like all of us channel that I don't understand because I've refused to be an alien. I am disconnected to people who are in that world. And there's this like all of us concept that's running through and Melanie and Lair has it as for me, for you, for us. And this, uh, this, this timeline that we're on, that we're coming together, that's, it's inexplainable and undefeatable, like indefutable whatever say there's just a pattern that's happening that is just like well I had this happen what did you have happen like here's the puzzle pieces they go together cool what do we do now like it's just dumb that it's so clear that we're all doing something for the higher good that we're coming and especially I see with human design once you see the, the designs come together and the prophecy for 2027 there's just a degree of like those who've done the work it's just this is who we are we can't not we can't undo who we are so yeah, that's just where we're at. And I don't know if you're connected to 2027 and human design at all. No. So there's, uh, I see it tied in with neurodivergent stuff. Um, essentially we're coming together to create co- collective consciousness groups and our energies are literally like vibrating together to create these little communities. So it's just, I had that information before this happened to me. So I've just known that just keep holding on. I'll find my space. I'll find my community and it will happen in perfect timing. Right. And this, the energy recycles that are happening, the moving to Aquarius, like all the, for me, all the astrological patterns, trying to ground it into reality as much as possible, which is why I refuse to go in the spiritual world, because I just lose all that credibility as fast as I can if I go in that world. Yeah, it's such a fine line, the spirituality thing. It's been very weird. Um, Like what's there too is the, like, I mean, I do, do still structure into some of the religious stuff just to try to break it is the weak will shame the wise. And so anytime that that happens, I'm just like, your, your, your bullshit program is collapsing around you. And you're just getting more clear that you need to grab on. And we're going to watch a lot of people go real scared. And when they get scared, they do the dumbest things. And that's where I'm, uh, when I got out, I was posting, trying to find someone to bridge the gap. And again, Western Christian white male brain is the dumbest thing in these spaces. And so they printed out 49 pages of what I posted publicly and submitted against me in the court of law because they thought I was crazy. And I'm like, that's my truth. Like you literally just helped my attorney that I had to pay for it because I can't be treated competently because of what happened to me. 
And he put together a two page declaration of my truth. That was so freaking clear that I was like, thank you for doing my work. Cause I literally had to do nothing to just say, I'm using my first amendment and you just implicated yourself on what you did. So I don't get how like, you're just, this is dumb on dumb on dumb. And that's where it's just, we're going to watch a lot of people fall and it's, I'm excited. And if I say that out loud, then I look like a freaking psychopath. So it's just hard to know how to dance the line. Yeah. And I mean, it's not even, I think that we have to be like excited for their downfall. I think it's the other reality that we're looking forward to being heard and seen and know the fact that we've been living in untruths for eons Mm -hmm. and everybody's collectively agreed to it. And there's a reason that there's collective psychosis. Yep, And that's why I'm writing the psychosis of Jesus, because I'm like, you believe in a reality that's not here. And now we have the momentum to call them out. And I really love how you said that. And I really like us too. I really see that as a movement and really seeing these communities that have built integrity and us coming together and be like us too, like almost a flip of compared to the me too, which did make the waves of taking on public officials and um, mine's not even sexual. And I can't even imagine what it would have been like to take on a public official in that world and just the discrediting like mine's solid. So to come up with a private experience that you're talking about, like, well, I like the us too, because it, it makes it clear that you're not coming, like you're not coming at it by yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's me and my whole entire religion back there that all got fucking hoodwinked. Like, let's go. It's, you know what I mean? Like, this is not a me too. This is not about Maria. Mm-hmm. It's about all of us who've been hoodwinked for yeah eons and i do believe and for my desire too is to give sacredness to the me too movement because there is a degree of that was uh, the start of it of people finally listening to women because honestly you i mean all women know this but it's just like you know there's been that really funny trend going on tiktok about um how often men think about the roman empire and there's this girl who did this, like the woman's version of the Roman Empire. And it was like two kind of sad things. And one of them that I'm totally guilty of. Number one, fantasizing about being taken, raped, grabbed, you know, something terrible happening. And number two, marrying rich. I'm like, oh, that's fucking embarrassing. <laughs> like, like, I don't, want, like, I don't want to be knowing, married. Knowing consciousness, knowing the nervous system, knowing placebo effect, like knowing all the quantum stuff. And I actually saw this the other day too, when I was watching like a, a worship thing that was like, rain down fire, rain down fire. I'm like, do we stop manifesting fire? Like we don't need, like, and how is that helpful to have like the God smite us? Like what, like, can you hear it's the words you're saying? A, right. It's such a, it's that it goes back to the men projecting. It's like the ultimate projection of men projecting all of their shit and turning it into labeling it God. Like God's basically just an angry man. I don't buy it. Like I remember the first time I heard Dr. Hawkins say, there is no such thing as a narcissistic, unloving, psychotic God. And I was like, wow, I can't believe nobody's ever said that. But it's true. Like God is not a psycho. That's man. Like that's all human. Yeah, that's God is divine order. And we have duality, whatever chose that, whatever happened, it happened. And now we can get past it. Like, can we get past it as quickly as possible? Because that's been a shitstorm and just trying to get past it as quick as possible. It's coming. I mean, like I said, I think the more often I see these, like when I see it on Netflix, I'm like, okay, yeah. that's the Barbie movie. I saw too. The of- oh, that was so good. 
the degree of the Barbie movie making sense. And I was like, the fact that we just turned the Matrix into Barbie is a degree of brilliance that we and the fact that so many men got so angry over the barbie movie was just golden icing on the cake (laughs) so good (laughs) uh yeah there's so much there and they're in their own little trap box and there's so much so much we're all in a trap we're all in a box we're all trying to get out and that's duality and the other side i'm just excited for what like for me i just get excited because i know it only gets better and so i just keep enjoying today for what it is and know that tomorrow is better and tomorrow's better and tomorrow's better and not judge it in micro a, a like micro judgment like being able to see the whole scheme of yeah. things like, and honestly I think like and not that men aren't more than welcome to come but mm-hmm. I feel like the number of women that we will help mm-hmm. oh yeah is that's the reward in all of this is just like helping some of the other crabs get out of the bucket <laughs> yes and there is a degree i'm very committed to my i have a lot a lot a lot of uh i do really actually really potent coaching with men and that's been kind of my primary focus and there's a degree of like finding the men who have been doing the fem- the work. we need the feminist men like yeah but like to activate them to be able to operate and like okay, you, you're safe you can be with the women we do now. Need them. <laughs> so i grew up in wyoming and i know we're probably ready to hop off here in a couple yeah. seconds but i grew up in wyoming which was the first state to allow women to vote and what i love about women's suffrage is that it would never have succeeded without men behind it and we know that, right? And that I think men and women actually working together and agreeing on things is what gets shit done because we're not as different as we think we are. We're definitely raised very differently. Yep. Yep. Like and I, I think this- there's the the silos of people, the you know, however people identify or buckets they go into, being in those spaces to find their own safety and then testing the waters together in ways that help. And there is um, something that I see specifically for myself is being a clearing to kind of be a mixing pot for the, the, whatever identity is there coming together because uh, there is a clearing. I feel like that needs to happen because not all men are safe. Like there are some toxic, toxic, toxic people. Once they show up in my space, I'm like, no, you are gone because you don't get to treat people this way. You don't get to act this way. And if you can have a conversation with me and move through that, awesome. Like you can come back. And if you can't, like, there's just, it's not safe for you here. And, uh, just being able to be someone who gets to be in those spaces, it gets me really excited. Yeah. And you know, what else I would add to that is not all men are toxic either. And I've had the very fortunate experience on TikTok of never having any men troll me mm-hmm. ever. And I post some feminist stuff sometimes and mm-hmm. men follow me and they like my content. And it, I'm actually used like a lot of times I'm surprised that there's not some asshole in the comments. There mm-hmm. almost never is, is an asshole in the comments, which is great because I do think that men are starting to see our experience, especially men who have strong women in their lives. Mm-hmm. And just like the women's suffrage movement in Wyoming of the fact that like it did take men to get on board for women to actually receive the right to vote and to have that freedom. And I, I mean, even the fact that we live in America, even though we live in this fucked up mental health system, the fact that we do have first amendment rights and the fact that we do have rights at all Mm -hmm. is a fucking blessing. 
Oh yeah, I get that. I get into that often because I didn't care about them before. I just kind of was like, oh yeah, we have them. And then now with what I've been, I'm like, no, I stand on these rights. Like I don't operate here and it's really dangerous. And it's very fascinating that Christian right people have a very hard time with me standing for rights. I'm like, I'm more of a freaking American than you are quite honestly, because it's my freedom and my sovereignty on the freaking line with your psychosis because of how upside down you operate with your rights. Like it's, it's purely insanity. And they're in the defense of them, the defense of the of the psychosis and that they'll literally kill you, except their Jesus says, don't use weapons. Like, it's just the backwards of it is like your Jesus got murdered and you're trying to murder people. I don't understand how this adds up. Like, it's very it's just such a one of my favorite things to say to people. And I know especially Christians don't like it when I say God created everything, even things that you don't like. Where they because come? that's that's the Bible, that's the Bible game that they play, right? It's like, oh, well, we decided that this is the one that we want to put on a sign, but then you know, this other one that says I'm supposed to, you know, murder my children for eating broccoli on Wednesdays, like <laughs> or whatever the fuck it said. It's just like, how can you not see the fuckery? Like it's right there in front of you. It's not, it's not, you don't gotta look hard. I even had this uh when I created my recording. I just had a moment where I like grabbed my Bible and like saw a verse and I was like, I'm going to read this. And I read it and I was like, it just diffuses it in like two, like it's so contradictory. And I'm like, this thing murdered Jesus. And then you created it to keep it alive. So like the degree of it folding in on itself. And that's yeah. what quite honestly still be while yes, religiously programmed. My online persona is committed to Jesus in a sense because of what happened to me. It's a catch 22 that I can collapse all of the psychosis of religion out by just literally being like, he was right. You guys are crazy. <laughs> like, yeah, there was this hilarious meme. I think I may have tagged you on TikTok where it was like the it was like the mother Mary holding the baby Jesus and the baby Jesus was animated, like saying all the horrible things that were in the Bible. It was just like you did not. If you send it to me, I haven't seen it yet. I need to see this. Did you say did I send you the meme I made with Jesus? I don't think you did. OK, I so I created this other account to do some of my light code stuff with. And uh, I go it was just this is the weird all of us channeling weird stuff. I'm like, I'm just following, just following the lead, following where spirit's taking me. <laughs> and I go on the take to hit record to create like a worship one with my light codes because I had used it this song one time before, like in March. I wanted to do it one more time with my reel. All that to say, I go to pick a filter and there's a filter with Jesus on it. <laughs> and so... I danced to the worship music in his arms. At one point, <laughs> my ass is in his face. And I like looking at my shirt. <laughs> like, it's so bad. I have to send it to you. It's so, it's so bad on so many beautiful levels. It's so I don't know if you're on Facebook, but there's this really disturbing group that I'm in. And a lot of the content I have to block because I'm just like, sometimes it's a wank fest. And I'm like, that stuff isn't funny to me. But so I'm in this group where people share all of their ridiculous AI art. It's called Cursed AI. And it's just, you know, like people with seven fingers and, you know, just stupid shit or funny things that the prompts do. But sometimes people will do like, you know, Jesus on the stripper pole or like, you know, the church done in rainbows. And it'll just, you know, like the comments will explode and it turns into this big controversy. And it's usually the Jesus ones that get the most amount of attention because it's usually like, 
all the people that are in this group have like a dark sense of humor. And then there's like 4% that are actually like really offended. So that makes it funnier. It's just like. What shows up when you say that is I actually had this epiphany. So with what I had happen and just this anomaly that I am or catch 22, I put a prompt into the internet and then it spit because I had like my first amendment taken away and then it spit out a story. So I read what AI said. And I'm like, am I legally responsible for the words of AI? No, you're not. So I could have AI take my story for me when I am illegally not allowed to speak about Correct. it. Correct. It's uh, And it's not copyrightable either. So it would be Creative Commons and you are allowed to publish it. You just have to say that you've used AI to create it. Yeah, that's the degree of like... And it I not being copyrightable would save you a lot of legal shit right because you're like well it's not my copyright write it under a pseudonym sue, sue ai for me will you please because i don't know <laughs> what to tell you yeah i mean if you had proof that it was generated on ai that would be your you know if somebody did the i'm concerned it would kind of be like the terms and conditions documentary where the guy you know quoted um <laughs> what the fuck is that movie fight club and like the fbi shows up at his door because he said he was gonna you know paint the town red or whatever you know like he made some joke about bombing something and, and they showed up but it was like a line from a movie and he was like that's a line from a movie i'm quoting a line from a movie on facebook and the cops came to his door that's literally like real stuff where i'm like there's stuff that i'm saying because i'm being so scrutinized and in this dualistic world right. like I'll say a figure. Okay. So I'm so literal and I'll say a figure of speech that's in culture. And then because I'm so literal, it can get flipped back on me if they don't know the context. And I literally, like, I said that the other day, I was like, this, like, we should go do this. That would like literally blow his whatever. And, uh, I was like, if this was out of context, (laughs) like, we're going to go do this. And I'm like, I'm figure of speech. I'm not literal. Please see me as a good person. (laughs) It's so it's so wild this world. Yeah, it's definitely it's weird walking the you know like being a dual dual brained human being with the left and a right side of my hemisphere and and having the non dual view of this shit show that we're in like it's just it's bizarre. And I really love how you said that. I have a right side of my reality because that's not many people can have a right side of their reality. It's so we're so programmed to the left and it's intentional. The left brain is programmed in like we're as kids, like copy paste little machines and to have access to the right brain is a privilege that very, very few have. Yeah. And honestly, like the fear porn is just, it's so rich right now. And it doesn't matter what flavor, whether it's religion or, you know, Illuminati, like fill in like world, whatever, like the fear porn is just deep. And I feel like that is the miracle of being able to wake up in the shit show and allow yourself to have a good Mm. day or a good moment. Yes. That's how I like, I'm like, that's actually funny. Cause that sticker up there was, uh, uh, what my, like, thing I've been working on the last three months was uh I was saying I'm humiliated by the shit show I created and I'm seeing that as the end of the thing I didn't create the shit show I didn't start the fire I just chose to have fun in the middle of it and uh knew that knew what was happening had the dimensional awareness to play with it and my human was really impacted and I had a real traumatic experience and so navigating that middle space of desiring 
justice, however people define that, even though people have a really hard time with me saying that, which is so fascinating. I'm like, at what point in time do you not want someone to seek after what's rightfully theirs? Like, it's just, it's been wild. I haven't had anyone support me in that desire of mine. I mean, honestly, I feel like my therapist would be on, like, there's just, whenever her and I talk, it's just like, I can't believe that the world isn't trauma informed. This doesn't make sense. Like, and it feels, it definitely feels like there's some injustice in the entire mental health system that people never talk about. And that what's there for me is like, I see it as not my problem and I don't care because I know I'm good. If I pursue this, it amplifies the impact and the awareness that we're not trauma informed. Like the leverage I have when I take it this way is so way huger, way, way huger in the system. And the, the way that we can change things and whatnot is so much bigger than me just trying to go be viral on TikTok, like the impact, the the ripples in the system that I could make by being loud. I don't like for me, I'm like, if they actually understood me and understood the, understood the science behind me, I feel like they would even want to support me. Like they like they just can't see it. And so they're still so scared. And in due time, let them. Yeah, let them. It'll make that. its Yeah, it'll make its way. I mean, I just I know you and I talked about this for a little bit before, but I always think about that whole, like, what is this time period going to look like in history? People are going to look back and just be like, how did they make it through that fucked up system? Yep. And that's what I even see too. That and I also wanted the, like the intensity because I could see that as I got out. I'm like, you guys are going to like be the stupid people on Wikipedia that you can't erase your names from. Like, how do I get you to understand? Because you're going to go down in history as the people who made a really, really big mistake. And as you do that, like, I'm trying to bridge the gap to help them understand my side. And they just doubled down with a protection order. I'm like, now you're in the government. Like, now you can't take your name away from this situation. Like, now you've literally implicated yourself with this situation. And I just, the the empathy I had for them so much throughout all of it was so loud and I didn't know how to detach from it. It was just like, I still today, like am concerned for them. And I don't know how to like, my concern is just a, little, a lot different concern and wanting to protect them. Right. Well, and I, I mean, honestly, like when you look at this shit, like who's getting well from this? Yeah. Nobody's fucking getting well from it. Like nobody's coming out of this glowing and, you know, thriving. I mean, well, I am, I will be, <laughs> which yeah. be. but you like busted out, right? Yes. Like, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, that's my point. It's just, you know, if and, people and my driving to insure system, people. like if the system was working, people wouldn't have to be held there. They would go there to get well. Well, and that's, I have, so have someone in California who went in to get well, she got what she needed in three days, tried to leave and they wouldn't let her leave. Right. That's the point. Like they, it's just, it's shocking that that laws even exist that can, hold people there like it's just crazy yep and the and people don't realize how close they are to that as a reality because of what's happening on the planet and spiritual awakenings are a real thing spiritual emergencies are a real thing and you don't want to be here on the planet anymore and the only place that you can go is in there and it i have someone i know too who went in and is is disabled for like not coming back because of what they experienced in there and so you never know what's going to happen. And it's, I think it's like nine times out of 10 people are worse off going in. And I also get afraid of speaking that because it's the best we got right now. And I would love to get like a collection of stories of yeah. people, anonymize them, you know, change everybody's name and publish, you know, yeah, 
15 or 20 or, th- you know what There's I mean? A like handful that would of be... accounts that I've seen out there. And that's something that, um, my friend and I are wanting to put together a collective book. Really, really I would back. love it. I'm in on it for sure. Okay, let's um, since we just start, um, started recording without me doing any intro or anything, um, before we hop off of here, do me a favor, share your, obviously your first and last name, introduce yourself, but also share your name of your channels and your books and everything. And I'll edit it at the beginning. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for letting, or thank you for having me on your podcast, your show. You call it your podcast, your podcast. Yeah. Uh, and with that, uh, I am, I say I, I am Jenna Michelle online. So I am, I am Jenna Michelle uh, there. One in for Jenna. And I primarily show up on TikTok and Instagram. I have taken a sabbatical from TikTok. And so primarily on Instagram and for TikTok, I am at real life, whole life. And that is where I create all of my neurodivergent content. And I've been doing that for about two years and super, super passionate about having the world work for the neurodivergent brain and on a mission to end human suffering. And with that, my, I am Jenna Michelle is where I share my real life, my real self in the process of moving through trauma and a very traumatic experience. I had July, 2022, where I talk about all the things, no holds bar when it comes to what's on the table in my reality. Awesome. Thank you. Well, obviously always great to connect with you. Thank you for listening to Healing Matters. If you have found this content useful, I invite you to like, subscribe, and share my videos and links. If you're interested in my books or other materials, please look for links in the show notes. The views and opinions shared on Healing Matters are those of each contributor and do not necessarily represent the views of the brand. While I am a trauma-informed coach, I am not a doctor, and this podcast should not be mistaken for mental health care. The information contained in this podcast is not meant to harm or malign any party or person. We are simply here to discuss healing matters of all kinds. Thanks for showing up. Your healing matters. The views and opinions shared by they might be toxic hosts, guests, or sponsors are those of each contributor and do not necessarily express the official view of the brand. We are not doctors, and this podcast should not be mistaken for therapy. Nothing expressed in this content is intended to malign or harm any party or person. We are simply here to discuss and dissect our toxic relationships and to learn about yours.